Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, And I'm Rick Roblick. And today, we are hopping into the topic of the church. Yes. We are beginning a series on this, but today is the intro, and we get into a lot of stuff. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the doctrines of the church. We're talking about ecclesiology. What's that even mean? What does ecclesiology right? mean? Big, big words. And we're also going to hear Rob begin an amazing breakdown of friends. Oh, boy, yeah. And current evangelical or evangelical This is a great leaders. question that you posed so that I wasn't ready for. We're going to dive into that. Please tune in. And enjoy the episode. So what you guys didn't hear yeah. uh, was that uh, I messed up. I messed up the intro. We, as we mentioned, I believe in the last episode. Dude, it's been so long. It's been a while. We uh, we get together now less frequently and record more episodes. So I'm already rusty on the intro. It's going to take a take a little bit for Rob and I to dust off, knock off the old rust and Dude, get Dude, I literally, when I was putting up the mic stands, there was dust on them. Yeah, see? That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's, just, it's been actually... Um, okay, so seriously, the last time we recorded was here and at your place, okay. and that was like July. Wow. Um, yeah, bec- yeah, I think it was July. Because we knew that Lennon was coming. Yeah. And it would be tough for me to get away to record. Mm-hmm. So it's been a couple months. Yeah, yeah. And how old is uh, Lennon? Lennon has now arrived. Yep, Lennon has arrived. She's just over a month. Lennon Grace Kane, healthy yep. little baby girl. Yump. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Very grateful. Um, getting less sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's not even it's not even Lennon's fault. It's Finley's fault. Really? She randomly is waking up several times a night now, just screaming. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know if she's having nightmares or what, but Danielle and I have agreed uh, that if Finley gets up in the night, it's me. If Lennon does, then it's her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm not up. I just want to say I'm not up as much as Danielle is yes. with Lennon. Mm-hmm. But don't you, I'm, don't not, compare. I'm not too far behind because really? Finley just has had a tough time sleeping. Oh, poor thing. Yeah, I know. Will has been getting up early. I'm, I know this is why people tune in to hear about yeah, our children's exactly. sleeping patterns. But he's been getting up at like six in the morning all week. Oh, my word. And yesterday he got up and I said, hey, it's dark. It's time for sleep. So we went downstairs. We laid down and he slept for like another hour, which nice. was great. Yeah. But gosh darn, kid, chill out. Gosh darn kid. We, on on a mm-hmm. better note. Yeah, I like those. And also part of the reason why I'm getting less sleep, but certainly not not as much as Finley. Um, the Lakers right now are up 2-0. Mm, yes. Hopefully by the time this airs, it's more than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, very Been hopeful. up watching those? Yeah, I've been watching I haven't watched a game yet, I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, but I heard the Heat are not good. I mean, they're in the finals. Well... The argument is like the all of the East is not that good. Yeah, that is a good argument. So I have not tuned in to, to see what's been happening, but rumor has it the Lakers are crushing. They are. The Heat. Um, the only thing that has me a little bit nervous is that LeBron is in his 17th year. Mm. And I would imagine... Old geezer. I could be wrong. Yeah. But I would imagine he's more prone to injury than what he was seven years ago. 
and you're right. He the I mean the Lakers are literally like one LeBron injury or one AD injury from. Is, is he like the? Is he okay? So when, when LeBron was at the Heat, yeah, he had Kyle Bosh and um, Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh, yeah, his brother Kyle. Yeah, he, he his brother <laughs> Kyle too. Yeah, uh-huh. he hung around <laughs> if I remember. <laughs> No, but there's a third guy. There's like the trio. D. Wade. Yeah. Dwayne Wade. David Wade. Um, (laughs) I spit my coffee. (laughs) So, so like if LeBron went down, massive, massive deal. But is it the same way with the Lakers now where, like, do they have other people who can, like, are somewhat superstar-ish? Yeah, not as much as the, what they called the Heatles back in the day because (laughs) because they had a big three. Yeah. Chris Mm Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron. Yeah. the league is kind of evened out a little bit more. Gotcha. And now most teams have only have two. And so the Lakers have Anthony Davis and LeBron. Everyone else, they're I mean, obviously they're good. If they weren't good, then they wouldn't be able to get through the West. The West is mm-hmm. difficult. Um, but there's a big gap between yeah. AD, AD okay, LeBron, guys, and the rest of the team. I thoroughly enjoy playing sports. Not much of a sports follower. So you're going to have to bear with on this. But who was the guy when... I thought he, okay, so everyone like, oh, he was this Christian guy. Jeremy uh, Lin? No, 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 he was the guy who threw his mouth guard and got like a Oh, triple. Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, Steph Curry. Yeah. W- where's he at? What's He was injured this year. Okay, yeah, he's out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's they, all. They'll be good next year. Yeah, you go, Steph. Which is a shame, but they'll you'll, probably be good next year. You'll get that, you know. So yeah. anyway, Rob. Um, now that... The simple theology sports. Yeah, it's done. Is done. <laughs> On to the next segment of our program. How's your grass growing? <laughs> too quickly. Yeah, you got to get it cut, don't I know. you? I know. I didn't get to cut it before you got here. You know, I should have cut mine this morning too, but yeah. I didn't. Mm. Hanging out with some friends, didn't cut the grass. You have friends outside of this? Well, uh, <laughs> is a podcast of friends? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was referring to you and me. Oh, oh. Oh, you think this is a friendship? Mm. Oh, business I as this usual. Is like a work kind of thing, like we're yeah. work associates. Mutually benefiting. Yeah, we get exactly. together to record. Yeah, I do actually have some friends. Good for Thanks. you, man. Appreciate you. that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, what are we talking about? We're talking about friends. Friends within the local church. The local church. Yeah. So we um want to do a series. And just to clarify, we're actually talking about the church, not oh. friends within the church. Hopefully you're, you have friends within the church. What if they did this a friends series? Like if like this would be like the most like late nineties or, or mid two thousands. Joey and Chandler. Like and... A, a church version of like oh friends. Oh my goodness. That would, be, yeah, be that would actually be pretty, pretty funny to watch. Not, because, not because I think the material would be really good, but because I think the the idea of it would be funny just to watch unfold. It would probably be if you low had quality. To, if you had to map out like famous Christians right now and tag them, like cast. If you're doing the cast, if you're the <laughs> casting agent for the Christian, the church version of Friends. Yeah, I don't know what you call that, but who would you cast? And I'm not a Friends fan. Yeah. The show. Okay, this is this is actually a fun question that I I should have given. I can't, I couldn't have given any more thought. <laughs> Yeah, but if you would I ask this question, email. I could have. <laughs> okay, so um, well, it's you it, name you name a couple. You'll fruit. name a couple, and then next episode we'll, we'll finish it out. Okay, the low hanging fruit yeah. is putting Matt Chandler in there because of Chandler is actually Chandler Bang in Friends. The name overlap and just kind of like high energy, kind of like yeah, spaz exactly. a little bit. Kinda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. I want to find a way that. to mm-hmm. see. There's a, there's an age difference though between like him and Dever. Mark Dever. I'm not um, sure where you're going to put Mark Dever in this thing. And, and I'm not sure. So maybe Jonathan Lehman. 
um, who we're going to mention here as like the Ross because they're both professor. I mean, he's not a professor, uh, but he's got, yeah, exactly. Very yeah, yeah. academic. Um, okay. But, he, but he's not as insufferable as Ross. That's mm -hmm. for sure. We've met him. He's a good guy. I thought he was pretty insufferable. Friendly gentleman. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> um, man. Let, let's pick up on the Sire. Right, well, let's pick okay, up on the Sire. There you guys I like have that it. question. That's a great question. We're going we're gonna to stay tuned for following episodes. Because you can't put like episodes. Piper and J.I. No, Packer in there. No. Um, well, Packer okay, has I get died. It, Packer. Wow. Yeah. How Too soon, huh? Too soon. <laughs> Golly. Um, anyway. Get in there somewhere. I don't know. Hey, guys, we you also... Know what? <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> when Rachel... Was it... I don't remember the girl. The one girl who dated like... Uh, um, man, Ross. No, you guys are gonna the people from the who played Magnum PI. Uh, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't uh, know. You're asking. Yeah, he plays in the uh, show now, but um, what's that guy's name? Amazing mustache guy. You know, what I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, Monica uh, dated him. Um, he's he's in Blue Bloods. Yeah, but how do we not know his name? Oh, hold terrible. on a second. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is I have the carrot. It is. Um, I'm Tom Selleck. Tom Tom Selleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. who's Tom, who's Tom Selleck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that would be a Dee Dever without the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> we should okay, okay. We should move on. <laughs> well, I we're done as a <laughs> as a podcast. Oh man. Okay, okay. It's we've been going for like ten minutes. Okay. Wow. Okay, so we're talking about the church. We're going to talk about the doctrines of the church, what yep. the church is, why we believe it. Um, and if you've been listening for almost any amount of time, you know, A, that we talk about the church a lot because you can't really get into theology and who God is and his desire for his people without talking about his bride, the church. Yep. Also, uh, Rob and I are both pastors of church plants, so we think a lot about this stuff. We care a lot about it and so we decided to do a series um on the doctrines of the church hmm. yeah so <clears throat> as rick you kindly said and guys if you hear little stuff in the background we do have neville my dog in the background we had to make the tough decision do we put him in a room where we're going to hear him whine and might pick up on the you know audio where, or we, do we take the risk and put him out here yeah. with us and he's out here with us. he's out here with which us. is okay we'll see how it goes he makes frequent um, cameos into our podcast. He does. Um, so, okay, uh, I heard a helpful illustration, and it was essentially saying that the church, the church, and the gospel have a relationship similar to that of a of a diamond ring. If you think of a diamond ring, mm -hmm. you see the diamond, and it's being upheld and protected by the prongs that mm. are around it. So the setting the, of it exactly the yeah. same. So the diamond being the gospel. The church is important because the church represents like those prongs or that setting to, to uphold, to magnify, and to protect uh, the gospel. It's interesting when you think about um, how in our culture we, we, we tend, not culture, I mean like Western culture, American culture, to separate those. Um, we think you can have the church without the message of the gospel, mm -hmm. meaning you know, the good news of Jesus Christ. And there's been many people who have called themselves the church who have tried to do that. And we would simply say, I don't, you know, I don't think you're a church. Yeah. Well, when you're, when you're brought into the family of God through, okay, you're saved and then yeah. you're being brought out of one thing into another. Mm -hmm. 
out of bondage into freedom, out of isolation from God to into the body of Christ. Right. That that body is the church, mm-hmm. and so they're they're really and and they're, we say ordinarily a lot because that mm-hmm. is that's helpful. So ordinarily, there there shouldn't be any such thing as a follower of Jesus who's not also connected to a local church. Right now, but we say ordinarily because we think of frontier settings mm-hmm. where maybe the there are no Christians. There's no church right. established, and there's a an individual or a couple who have embraced the gospel and there's mm-hmm. just no church for them to be a part of. Right. So so we, we want to say ordinarily to leave room for that. Um, but ordinarily the there is no such thing as a, a follower of Jesus who is not living in a healthy rhythm of being connected to the body of Christ expressed in the local church. Yes. Yeah. And and, and when you're connected, as you said, that, that local expression of the body of Christ, connected to that church, one of the things we're we're facing is just in our culture, what the what the church is is or perceived as, um, the way it functions, the what it does is going under some uh, fund undergoing fundamental change. I yeah. mean, especially during lo- COVID nineteen. Yeah, so a lot of things, good and bad. And so you know, people um, one hundred and fifty years ago could walk into a lot of churches and, and not even recognize them for what they are. Now, part of that's do with this the aesthetic and the culture and how things are ran. But part of it is actually some shifting in belief and doctrine. Mm-hmm. Now, the church has always been, um, has always had to be vigilant against false teachers and false doctrine. And so all through church history, we see that the, the culture and the world around uh, God's people are trying to pull God's people apart and separate them from the word and cause division. And this is why it's really important that we have a really good understanding of what what is the church? Yeah. Why is it important? Why Why do we need to know the doctrines, the doctrines of the church? And that's why we're really getting into this series. And it's super helpful to have some really good definitions. Yeah, I think it's helpful because you think of the the Lombardi story. If you're a football fan, he holds up the football mm-hmm. on first day of practice, and he's talking to professional football players. He says, "Gentlemen." this is a football. <laughs> this is a football. It starts yeah. to go into the details. Like this is the yeah. shape. This is what it's made out of the material. This is the, what the laces are made mm-hmm. out of. This is how it should spit. Like he go, goes through all that. And he's talking to professional football players who obviously, if anyone would think right. that people should, these a group, particular group of people should know what a football is, it's these guys. Yes. And he starts by saying, if we're going to go into anything else, we got to first know what a football is. Yeah. And so this, as... As churches begin to, because you hear a lot of, I mean, not just with churches, but you hear it a lot just in general in our society right now, reimagine. Like, yeah. let's, what, what is school reimagined? Yeah. What is church reimagined? Yeah. What is our organization? How can we reimagine the way we do work? And mm-hmm. you, you hear a lot of that kind of language. Well, the episode we think, or we released, I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Christian mysticism. mysticism. Mm-hmm. And that's like that idea, like reimagine like your relationship with God without the constraints of like religiosity or, or scripture, you know? Yeah. And so it's this idea. So what we've been hearing is the church is not a building. It's a Mm -hmm. people. We don't need to, to gather. We can, we can do church online and it, it doesn't take away from, and, and we see what they're saying, Mm -hmm. but we also feel like when you, when you go there, you're overstepping mm-hmm. because we, we do believe that the church is the gathered 
people. Yes. And so people, I've, we've heard, at least I've heard, Rick, you probably have too, um, people defending that position by saying, well, we are gathered, we're just gathered online. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yes and no. Right. Yeah, you, you're on the same URL and you're, you're watching <laughs> right. the same thing. That doesn't mean that you are gathered. It would be weird for me to say that I am, my body is intact when my arm is across town. Right. My other hand is on the other side of town. My foot is on the other side. Of, and, and to say, yeah, but they're all still gathered on some, yeah. on some website. So I'm intact. Right. That would be strange. Okay. So there's a couple definitions that we have. The one um, is by Henry Barrow. Henry Barrow. I don't know why I want to say it like that, but I do. Go for um, it, And man. he wrote it in 1589. And I'm reading it out of a footnote. Well, that can't be that accurate then. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm reading it out of a footnote from uh, a book called The Church, The Gospel Made Visible, uh, written by Mark Dever, okay. a.k.a. Tom Selleck. <laughs> Henry Barrow in 1589. This church, as it is universally understood, containeth in it all the elect of God that have been, are, or shall be. But being considered more particularly, as it is seen in the present world, it consisteth of a company and fellowship of faithful and holy people gathered together in the name of Jesus Christ, their only king, priest, and prophet, worshiping him aright, being peaceably and quietly governed by his officers and laws, keeping the unity of faith in the bond of peace and love unfeigned. Mm, there's a lot in there. There is. It's good. So... Unpack that a little bit for us before we, because we're going to talk about a couple different yep. definitions. But okay, so he he talks about the church as it is universally understood, containing in it all the elect of God that have been. So the question that people will, will often ask is, when did the church start? And depending on how you understand the covenants we put together, depending on how you understand the church, you'll get different answers. And so some folks will say it started in Acts two because that's when you had the body of Christ able to meet. Christ was resurrected, and mm -hmm. so now he calls his people to, to gather, and so now you see the Holy Spirit comes down on his people, and we now have what we call a church. Um, Henry Barrow says that the church is, is universally understood, contained in all the elect of God that have been, are, or shall be. So there's this idea of a universal church, mm -hmm. which is all believers at all and, times in all places. All people, like everyone's going to no, be no, in no, the no. church. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's yeah. universalism. Oh, okay. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, uh, all this time, I thought you were a universalist. Nope. Golly, Ned. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint anybody. But the universal church is all believers, all times, all places. So we would say that that includes... Mm -hmm people of God in Genesis, mm -hmm. first book of the Bible. So the church at the, it's kind of a both and, the church starts in Genesis three fifteen, where we have the fall and we see God make this promise that he's going to have a people. Um, he gives the promise to Eve, who from her line, someone will come and crush the head of the snake. Mm -hmm. So there's that promise that you're going to be a people. And so that's God fulfilling his promise through his people. So you could say that's the church, that's yeah. the beginning of the church universal. There's also the aspect of, yeah, the church also kind of started in Acts 2 because that's when you see the church made visible. Mm -hmm. So you, now we can actually gather in the name of the risen Christ, the body of Christ, the living Savior. Yeah. And so now, whereas God's people was Israel mm -hmm. walking through the wilderness and he had called them out, um, we now see the greater Israel 
is all those who have proclaimed their faith in Jesus, and they mm-hmm. gather on the Lord's day to identify themselves as God's yeah. covenant people. Yeah. Jonathan Lehman has another great definition that we've been using as a church plant. We're talking about doctrines in the church, and um, his definition is the church is a group of Christians who regularly gather together to proclaim the gospel, observe the ordinances of the baptism of the Lord's Supper, and live as a family. So um, very similar elements that, hey, these are Christians, right? These aren't non-regenerate people who just want to hang out. These are uh, mm-hmm. followers of Christ. They are, they're regularly committed to this gathering together. Part of that gathering is the proclamation of the gospel um, and the observance of the ordinances, the proper ob- observance of baptism in the Lord's Supper, yep. and t- then to live as a family. So living out the one another's, um, having leaders and servants and having um, just if necessary, church discipline, all those things like happen yeah. in the rhythm of a church. So again, that definition from Lehman, a group of Christians who regularly gather together to proclaim the gospel, observe the ordinances, and live as a family. I love that definition. It's it's really helpful because it's it's succinct mm-hmm. and it's clear. Yeah. So I, I appreciate and, no. and Jonathan Lehman, if you if you guys want to dive deeper into what a church is or how to think through the, the doctrine of the church. Jonathan Lehman is, I mean, he's one of the leading guys right now. So mm-hmm. he's very helpful to read, very, very accessible. Um, mm-hmm. The books that he writes. Um, Rob has his phone number. He can, he, go ahead and just share that stop. phone number. 8675309. Yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> Call leave, John, leave Jonathan a voicemail. Yeah. Uh, but no, he, he's written a lot of great books um, that, that we'll reference. But anyways, I will also point out our, our statement of faith, the New Hampshire, mm-hmm. um, says this of what a gospel church is. We believe a visible church of Christ is a, so earlier we were talking about the invisible church, the visible church, mm-hmm. the universal yeah. church, and particular church. We believe a visible church of Christ is a congregation of baptized believers joined together by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel. A visible church observes the ordinances of Christ, submits to his laws, and exercises the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by his word. The only scriptural officers of the church are elders, also called overseers or pastors, and deacons, whose qualifications and duties are defined in the epistles to Timothy and to Titus. So a little bit more wordy, mm-hmm. um, but still a helpful, helpful. historical confession yep. of faith talking about what a church is. And Absolutely. you could look at the Westminster, who's going to have a different definition because of their uh, Presbyterian leanings. Um, you could look at the 1689, which also has a robust definition. Mm-hmm. But this one is, is nice and succinct. No, that's great. So as we get into the series on the church, yep. um, there's, like most things, there's kind of big academic words for things. Yeah, so what, what, are hard what to is spell the, and the word when we say. say doctrine of the church? What is the academic, so to speak, word? Yes. Um, Rob Bell coined the term... <laughs> <laughs> Rob um, Bell. Ecclesiology. So don't read Rob Bell, guys. He's my hero. Stop it. <laughs> and Brian McLaren. <laughs> oh my word. No, so uh ecclesiology, right? This um ecclesiastical things have to do with things related to the church. Ecclesiology 
is the study of the things of the church. This comes from the Greek word ecclesia, which the um, early church, they, they, they were an ecclesia, an assembly. Now, this word wasn't invented for the, the early church. It historically meant like a gathering, maybe a, an official gathering. And when the early church gathered, it, they were they were an ecclesia. So even now, when, when you gather with your church, your local body, we say that is that is an ecclesia. That's the, the the people of God gathering together to assemble together to, again, proclaim the gospel, um, observe the ordinances, and love one another. So we'll probably use that word ecclesiology, ecclesia, ecclesiastical. You'll hear those in different ways, but just so you know what that means, it's the study of the doctrines of the church. Yeah, yeah, it's well said. And you kind of cracked open just slightly. Yeah, it's a little teaser. A can of worms. Mm. Uh, you're talking about the church is a gathering, oh, cool. um, but we will not dive in there yet, but that's coming. All right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Just stay for tuned. For later episode. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the basic idea of a church. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're going to reference several books throughout this. We've already referenced The Church by Mark Dever. Um, I mean, you can look at the, there's a Nine Marks Church Basics series where it talks about understanding Baptism, understanding the Lord's Supper, understanding congregation's authority, understanding missions, understanding, um, what is it, church discipline, I think. And you have that series, right? Yeah, I, I've got, I do. Oh, Let me just read. Must be nice. Stop. Um, but the leaders um, at our church were going through these one at a time. So right now we're on understanding uh, baptism. But there's the Great Commission, Baptism, Lord's Supper, congregation's authority, church discipline, church leadership. So we've gone through church leadership and congregation's authority. Now we're on baptism but just trying to lay the groundwork for our church plant. But yeah, these books are super small. I mean, like 50 pages and small pages. They're not they're not big books mm-hmm. um, to where the pages are like nine inches tall and six you, inches wide. I mean, do this you is remember like, as a kid, like, I'm sure people, they, don't even, they probably still sell these, but like um, just massive books. And usually, like, the, I remember my dad had this. It was um, an atlas, right? So it's a book of maps, more or less. Yeah. And I, I mean... I was a kid, so it probably felt extra big. But no joke, it probably was like 24 or 30 inches tall. I mean, it was huge. And you would like lay that thing out on the floor, massive pages. It was just like really cool like book. Yeah. So That's not what these ones are. These are not like that. Yeah, and quite, in fact, they're quite the opposite. Mm. But, Just didn't know if you ever had those as a Yeah, kid. no, no, no. Uh, but what, another one of the books that we're going to- I'm going to buy one. We're going to reference is a book called Sojourners and Strangers. Sojourners? So, Sojourners. And strangers, Which the doctrine of the church by Greg comes out Allison. Of that term in Second Peter that we are str- strangers and aliens, or sojourners and strangers. Yep, sojourner just means a, a foreigner or a traveler. A traveler traveling through. Yep, just just traveling through, Rob. Yeah, Rick. So, what would you say the basic idea of the church is according to this book, sojourners and strangers? And by me saying, what would you say it is? I mean, what does Greg Allison say it is that you want to share with everybody else? Who? Well, part of that... I don't uh, want to give you too much credit. I mean, Greg did the work. I was say, come on, Greg, let me get back to my note on that. Mm. But I think part of it, what we talked about with our definition is, wait, so we define what the church is, but the, you know, there's several things that, that go into that. So Greg does a great job. We're going to kind of flesh through these things, but he says there's several like key elements to what a church is or characteristics of a church. Yep. Um, so he says... Churches are doxological, meaning like they're supposed to be oriented for the glory of God. So yes, they're there for um, mutual encouragement. Yes, they're there for you know benevolence and helping other people. And 
but but all those all the things we do the, the communion the fellowship the worship um everything we do let's kick the table sorry guys is is oriented for god's glory uh the church is logocentric so it's it's centered on the word we're not centered on a man it's not about the pope it's not about necessarily about bishops um it's it's logocentric the, the word of god is what we build all things from um he talks about it being new Numa dynamic. I was gonna say you gonna say that. So with the this uh, another big academic pneumatology is the study of um, spiritual realm, spiritual things. The Holy Spirit. Pneumatic air, right? So if you have some a pneumatic tool set, mm-hmm. you know, it's do with air. So um, we believe in the Holy Spirit. He's active. He's working. Um, the church is covenantal. So the church, right? This we we make um, covenants. The Lord has made a covenant with us. To, to redeem us and to save us, and we also covenant together. The church is confessional, so as a church, you know, we desire to to confess. This is what we believe. This is what we're holding fast to. The, and the church is missional. We're, we've been given the Great Commission. Uh, we're we're here to to proclaim the gospel, spread the good news. Um, and then he talks about how the church is actually like it's spatial, temporal, kind of. It's like a, a tangible thing. So this is where you, you said the church isn't a building. Well, it's not, but that's that is where you see like the the tangible like reality of the church. Yeah, it's where you happening. see the already, not yet. Exactly. And the fact that there are God's people already in mm-hmm. a particular place. Yeah. Here on earth, which right. will eventually be the new heavens and the new earth. Um, but then it's already not yet. Like this is just a a foretaste, a foreshadow of yes. the coming kingdom. So so with that, you, you see that the church. Like these are some key characteristics that they're, you know, what's happening within them. Now, obviously, and I should have said this because some people would say, oh, this goes without saying, but it is full of regenerate believers, people who have repented of their sin. Christ has saved them. And they're walking with the Lord. Um, and there's, there's an a equipping of the Holy Spirit in the church. So, this, again, back to the, you know, this pneumatic dynamic that, but, we have the Holy Spirit who encourages us. So as we gather in worship, as we gather to observe the ordinances, as we fellowship and fulfill the one another, as we proclaim the word, um, as we engage with non-believers in the doctrines uh, of the gospel, like the Holy Spirit is working and guiding and leading. So there's a lot that you can flesh out the churches, a lot of things, but essentially it's the gathering of God's people, right? Re- re- reborn or born again, regenerate, new creations, and then you see these things happening that, that are all geared towards glorifying God and, and pointing to Him, all based on Scripture, yeah. um, and then empowered with the Holy Spirit. We're equipped by the Holy Spirit to, to worship and to pro- proclaim the good news. Yeah, You can see people who can fake it, people or churches or organizations who are not regenerate, they're not believers, and they're acting like they are. And this is something that the church has fought off for years. You see it in First John. Right, right. It, like the Gnostic problem that, that John is addressing, addressing it is these people who, they have elements of, but they're still walking in darkness. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, that passage in First John where they, they went out from us because they were not of us. There were a group of people that were a part of mm-hmm. the fellowship. Yeah. And they eventually left the fellowship, and John essentially says, like, hey, they, they had to because they never were actually of us. They, mm-hmm. they showed that by leaving. So <clears throat> it is something that, that Rick, as you pointed mm-hmm. out, is, is fought off. So when it comes to the scope 
of yeah. ecclesiology, the scope. the scope. Um, so how do we determine our ecclesiology? And so you have to ask yourself the question, how do I, how do I come to a conclusion about what the church is? Yeah. Because if you ask the average person on the street, you can, you can get a lot of different definitions about what people believe the church is. And I would say probably the most common um, among evangelicals is that it's people. Um, it's not a building, it's people. Is it evangelicals or evangelicals? Um, is it envelope or envelope? Is it tomato or tomato? <laughs> <laughs> I told you about what Danielle texts me. She said something, I responded, and she's like, she she texted me, potato, potato. <laughs> but it was like, that doesn't work in a text. It's spelled the same way. I can't hear the way you're saying it. <laughs> so, but yeah, you, uh, you have to... You have to maybe she texted you potato, potato. She might have texted me potato, potato. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have, you have to kind of decide um, where are you going to get the definition of the church. And we, mm. we would argue very strongly that... <laughs> Unequivocally. Yeah, without any gray area that the the only place to get the the correct definition is mm. from scripture that's yeah. our our final authority scripture is sufficient to understand the nature and the structure of the church yes um so as we go through this series we will we'll point to passages in scripture that um kind of back up what we're trying to to talk about so if we're talking about church discipline we'll point to those passages if we're talking about membership we'll turn I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go through these yes. things, yeah. but we want to say in this intro episode that when it comes to the church and really when it comes to any doctrine, mm-hmm. um, but when, but when it comes to this, we have to base our understanding of the church on the word of God. Yeah. You, you said earlier that the church is logocentric, mm-hmm. um, means, I mean, log, logos, logos, whatever, however you want to say it, but that is the Greek word for word. In the beginning was the Word, and Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Logos. And, um, and so what we're trying to say is that the church has to be centered not only on the person of Jesus, who is the Word of God incarnate, mm-hmm. but also on the Scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hard part about all that is, unlike maybe the like the doctrine of the Holy Spirit or the, the doctrine <laughs> you want to explain so, what's going on here? Neville's like walking around, and Rob like grabbed uh, little beeper. Uh, a beeper, like a, a, tra- a like, training. Don't, don't make any noise. <laughs> Just pointed at him, like 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 my dad used to do to us. We're like we were loud. He'd walk in the room and just point his finger at us. <laughs> <laughs> Better behave yourself. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Good grief. Hey, hey, way to be a good parent to your dog. Um, Anyway, no, people come into church, what I'm saying is people come into church with a lot of experience, um, good, and oftentimes a lot of bad experience, a yeah, lot of baggage. Yeah. So anytime you start talking about what the church is, what the church should be, you know, you're saying, well, scripture is our final authority, which is true, but most people have a lot of experience that dictates what they believe about the church. Yeah. And so we need to be very careful that we don't let our experience uh, trump scripture. And what I mean by that is scripture says, okay, you need to love one another. You need to be accountable to one another. While people who have been burnt in the past by the church might think, oh, well, that's a nice doctrine, but that's not really that functionable mm-hmm. in reality. Or that's yeah. I'm not able to go there. It's like, well, 
I think it's a command, actually. And so I understand, like, deep hurt. But you do have to trust the scriptures. Like, yeah. God's going to work through his people. Yeah. So as we go through the series, I, I, we talk about scriptures is our, uh, our source for all these things, our final authority. Um, it probably will maybe churn up either some past hurt or emotion and and you might think, ah, oh, you guys are just naive, or man, you just haven't experienced what I've experienced, and that could be true. Yeah, but that doesn't change scripture. Yeah, it doesn't change what what, what God has, says. has yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. We have a section on here, Rick. Um, Not touching it. I was going to say, if if you want to dive into it next episode, we've already gone pretty yeah. long. Yeah, so we're excited about this series. Um, we think it's, we're not sure exactly how long it's going to go, and it'll probably be like an every other week kind of a thing. Yeah, sure. Or we'll see. You never know. We got, might get in a little series. We're and, flying by the seat of our pants, guys. Which, where the heck, what the heck does that mean? I don't know. It must mean like back in early navigation when they didn't have like, uh, like all their, all their instruments went down, and they're literally just flying by like what they could see. Oh, yeah, maybe. I said, I said another like old, Phrase six one half dozen of the other. Did you? I didn't the hear other, that. No, 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 not oh. here. But it was yesterday, and Danielle's like, "Stop saying that." You're so old. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's a good phrase. Well, you know, you said potato, potato. Mm-hmm. I don't know the last time I was anywhere, and someone said, "Ah, are you looking for potatoes?" Yeah, no, I, I haven't. But also, we live in the Midwest, so yeah, that's true. Maybe different parts of the country say it that way. That's true too. Mm. All right. Well, hey, we are excited to dig into this. Um, Again, tune in to the next episode to hear more about Rob breaking down the Friends analogy and how that (laughs) evangelical landscape um, leadership fits into this. Um, Yeah, so if you, A, would love to hear from us or if you'd like to connect with us, I'm I'm getting to the closing, Rob. I see that. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, no, no. This is is going well. (laughs) No, you're you're doing a great job. You're really not rusty at all. I haven't... (laughs) We've done this for a while. Um, pretty much anything you need to know, you just go to simpletheology.org. But if you'd love to connect with us on social media, we are on Instagram at simpletheologypod, which I'm sure Rob is robustly keeping robustly. active, fun pictures up there. Facebook.com slash simpletheology is where we're at on Facebook. And we do have the hashtag simpletheologypod. You can always email us at info at simpletheology.org, or you can actually give us a call, leave us a voicemail, which we don't have any, do we, Rob? Do we have any voicemails? Nope, not to my knowledge. 614-233-1098, 614-233-1098, and it's been months since anyone's called that number, so be the first. Go ahead and give it a ring. Mm. Leave a prank call or something. Yeah. Um, Rob's taking a picture right now to post on Instagram. Yeah, just, so so we, you guys can see when you Neville see when up you guys see the picture of Neville, you will know. Oh, Rick was saying that. And so anyway, love hearing from you. Um, we don't say this often, but if you're feeling generous, head on over to iTunes. Give us um, a great rating and a great review. And yeah, until next time. Peace. Peace.